You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. Thanks to an innovative idea from the Replenish Africa initiative, Rain and Nando's, a small village roughly 30 kilometers outside Maputo in Mozambique has been transformed through access to water and woman empowerment and woman leadership. James Duncan is uh, the farm project manager on the ground in Mozambique and he joins us now. James, good evening. The ingredients of this project involve Nando's chilies, some Ellie's and uh, a bit of innovation. How did it all begin? <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, good evening, Michael, and, and good evening to your listeners. Um, oh, yes, I think that's um, a very, very good question. I think um, anybody that enjoys peri-peri chicken um, has probably at, at some point eaten at Nando's. Um, and, you know, we know that that secret ingredient is peri-peri. And um, I think that uh, the, the founders heard about a project um, of a gentleman that was growing chili around farmers' crops to protect their crops uh, from elephants uh, damaging. And so that sort of sparked a conversation around, well, why not grow the Nando's African bird's eye chili? Um, and that farmers using it to protect their crops would be able to get some sort of a financial reward for that. And that was sort of the catalyst wow. um, to a Perry Farm project and, and how it's evolved into a very, very large scale um, growing project now for Peri Peri with over a thousand farmers in about four different regions in Southern Africa. I, I don't know how many people are actually aware of that, uh, that uh, farmers uh, in Mozambique were using these chilies to protect their, their crops because Ellie's, Ellie's don't like chilies. I mean, that they, they seem pretty impervious to everything else if you, if you watch them knock down trees in the Kruger Park or elsewhere. Now, the idea... Um, to then partner with the, the local community. I mean, who, who are all the partners on this project? Um, well, the, the, the partners, I mean, they're, they're all small-scale farmers. Um, on, a, on a scale in terms of the driving force behind this is a division of Nando's called Perry Farms. Um, and really this was about a, a desire to help change people's lives and bring an element of resilience by giving them a stable financial return on a crop that they grow that they can start depend on uh, you know that they can depend on um, and you know the, the, the shareholders had a view that instead of growing very very commercially um, they would have an opportunity to to help change people's lives uh, as, as Robbie Brosen says one chili at a time um, and so Sernandez is the main sort of driver behind the Perry Farm project. Um, but then, of course, there are other um, partners involved in terms of the spice processes um, where, where, where the chili um, actually ends up. But we drive most of this in Mozambique with um, a series of farmers here, small scale farmers. There is a project in Zimbabwe. There is a project in Malawi and there's a smaller project in South Africa. But the idea is, is not to have it commercially grown, but to, to rather work with small scale farmers. Um, and here in Mozambique, we run a, a agricultural training academy that's specifically focused on Mozambican women. Um, that we, they go through an agri curriculum where we teach them how to grow a variety of crops, including peri-peri. And once they graduate, we award them with a growing contract so that they can then start growing and start earning an income. Um, and basically we grow and we work with them to help them grow their crops and improve yield, you know, more yield, more money, cooler bellies, um, and better access to all the other things that we take for granted, you know. Remarkable. I mean, just a, a great example of what could be done if one thinks strategically about procuring 
key inputs uh, uh, in in the African context. How have you solved for, exactly. for water challenges? Because there there is very little uh, formal type water infrastructure in Mozambique. Yes, um, I, I think that it's um, it is a major concern. We we obviously um, even the, the the smallholders that we work um, with, there is a, some some basic minimum requirements, and that's obviously access to water so that they can irrigate their crops. Um, but I think that um, we we work with smallholders that are within close proximity to water sources, and then we will help them with infrastructure to be able to pump that and irrigate their land through drip drip tape irrigation um, and help them set up that infrastructure so that over time they're able to pay back that uh, that infrastructure um, through the harvest. Um, so right now, um, essentially what we're aiming to do is, and, and, and we have already actually achieved this, is that we have um, the desire to make sure that every one of our small-scale farmers earn anywhere between three to six times more than the average GDP per capita um, and, and this last season, um, we've achieved that. So um, it, it's a model that works. Um, it's affordable for small-scale farmers if we do it carefully, if we do it gradually, um, and we make sure that they have a great level of access to the technical supervision that we apply, we give them, um, and also the imports of fertilizer, all of that is given to them at cost, and they only have to start paying that back once they start harvesting. So. Yeah, it's it's very sustainable, um, and it's and it's very sort of boots on the ground. Yeah, and and, and so that that kind of low tech solution. I mean, often when we think of interventions, we think we've got to go high tech. But something like a hand pump borehole, for example, I mean, that can be transformative, mm. and it's low tech in terms well, exactly. of installing and maintaining. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Michael. I think that um, you know, if we if we go back to to the project here in Maraquin, um and and the water project. Really, this sort of this came about um, sort of when we started when we took over the operations of the farm under Nando's management, and we noticed that there were several women um, sort of just collecting water for drinking from a natural spring. It was in a it was a natural spring. We saw them collecting water for drinking, for cooking, for bathing, and they were washing their clothing around the site. Um, we would see children making several trips carrying large container of water up, up a mess of a steep incline to their homes. And sometimes spending up to like three hours a day, you know, and, and if they were doing that, you know, the question really was, well, what what are they aren't doing? And they're not being kids. They're not going to school, yeah. you know, and the women are spending so much time um, walking to the water source and doing sort of family chores. They could have been spending that time um, focusing on other sort of um, initiatives and other things that would help bring in some financial, um, you know, sort of uh, some finance into their families. So, you know, the, the project here was um, really sort of born out of a, a out of passing these women every single day and wanting to you know and, and being able to be in a position to help them. Um, once we sort of investigated the the status of of the, the, the spring water, we saw how contaminated it was by litter and insect larva and livestock species and and Lord knows what else, Michael. Uh, mm. Honestly, it, it, I shudder to think. Um, yeah. So I think that also then. Um, we then sort of investigated further and we learned that some of the ladies had been attacked because it's quite isolated, it's, it's overgrown. Um, and so while they were doing their laundry, they were quite vulnerable to this sort of thing. So we we started having conversations with Sergio Fernandez, who runs the Coca-Cola Beverage Africa Division here in Mozambique. And we, we sort of highlighted the current conditions to him. Um, and he immediately saw an opportunity to raise funding uh, funding through, through Planning Africa Initiative. 
And uh, after a few days, a proposal was submitted and within a very short period of time, um, a fund was approved and the costs were approved. And so we started you know, to, to change the status quo by drilling two boreholes um, in Maraquen, in this uh, little barrow. It's a barrow, a little town, a village, if you like, of Maraquen called Samora Michelle. And, um, you know, when you said that the, the building a Rolls-Royce, um, that was our initial idea of having this, this, um, this excessive water project with solar panels and electrical um, sort of <laughs> facilities and and that was bringing a Rolls Royce to Africa when all we really needed was a Toyota. So yeah. with the money that we had, we, we were able to build two boreholes and two laundry areas so that the women could do their families washing in um, safety with, with safety lighting um, in well sort of um, visible areas. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's exactly what you've just said. It's, it's sometimes the most simple solutions are the ones that are going to benefit the people who needed it most the most. And James, in terms of the reception by the community, what, what kind of transformation have you seen through the various iterations of this project so far? I think it's been phenomenal. I think that the, the, one of the things that um, Rain and, and the, the fund managers um, wanted to ensure happened was that there was a massive amount of, of um, involvement from the community um, setting up a water committee um, entirely made up of women, um, training with the women around um, not just sanitation, hand washing, but um, sort of pre-COVID precautions or COVID uh, precautions. Um, we the, there was uh, this, this massive amount of knowledge transfer in um, how to maintain the pumps, um, the equipment that they needed, the tools, um, and they were um, incredible. Um, I, I can't explain to you what it was like to see them every every week coming for their training sessions, singing. Um, extremely involved and wanting to share some of their indigenous knowledge back to the lecturers. You know, they were wow. saying, well, we've brought something for you to learn. Um, and they were incredible. They took the lead. They took uh, um, initiative around how they were going to engage with the water pumps, who was responsible for what. Um, and yeah, it was just, just incredible. And even now, as we drive around the towns, there's smiles, there's waving. It's, it's an entirely different sort of um, feeling you get when you get through well, that to me is is true empowerment and true transformation in Africa. Mm. And often we think it's got to happen through other means. And, and it really is through uh, sometimes some very straightforward and seemingly simple interventions that you can have some of the biggest impacts. James, thanks so much for sharing a little bit more about how a few of Nando's uh, chilies came together with uh, some innovation and some hard work to develop uh, a really fantastic transformative uh, and low-tech solution to some of Africa's most uh, intractable problems. Thank you very much. Thank you. James Duncan, Commercial Director at Nando's Perry Farm.